0: Welcome to episode 71 of the British Gang Breakdown and great news we finally made it it's nearly time for all the rumors and smoke screens to stop because it's a week of the NFL draft plus there's been tons of free agency news and the release of the 2019 NFL schedule so I guess we'd best break that down for another episode of our amazing podcast as always I'm Tom and I'm joined by Callum hello and we're going to do exactly that
1: uh, rumours, smoke screens, rumors rumours of smoke screens. Um I'm pretty excited to get that draft out of the way, definitely. As we're recording we're recording this on Easter Sunday, which makes it only what, four days to go?
0: Yep, yeah, only got till Thursday. Well, Friday morning for a slot.
1: Will you be staying up for it? Of
0: course. Who wouldn't?
1: <laughs> Especially with the Cardinals picking so early. They'll only be at like one in the morning, right? Instead of um some years when we had to wait.
0: And plus it would be beneficial to trade down, but you know. We'll get into the draft a bit later because we've got a couple more things to talk about before that.
1: I would say arguably bigger news with the NFL schedule being released. Bigger news until until the draft is, is coming anyway.
0: We've known our twenty nineteen opponents for a while, but you know, now we know which in order we get to conquer them.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting order as well. Like it's um it's it's actually got more talking points, I would say, than than a normal schedule that's come out
0: yeah we've only got the one crab time game as well
1: which is exactly what you would expect given our um you know finishing stats from last season you know they they really don't the primetime games are saved for you know big teams and winning teams and we are currently neither of those
0: and plus for once it's not against Seattle it's actually against San Francisco
1: yeah that's quite interesting as well so that's Thursday Night football for Halloween right it's, yes, it would be Halloween for America, technically, but for us,
0: it's the 1st of November.
1: So hopefully a bit less scary for us than, than for them. You never know
0: with us, though. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, kicking off the season, we've got quite a few good, solid home games. And then, actually, in fact, out of the first what, six games? We've only got two away games?
0: Yeah, that's correct. The away games being the Ravens and the Bengals.
1: So kicking off the season, we've got... um... A game against the Lions, who we'll be facing for the seventh time in eight seasons, which has always been a good game recently. Um I can't quite remember how last year's game went, but like in other years I've I've remembered it being a good game.
0: Yeah, but you can't go spoiling our content for the episode for that preview.
1: That's true, yeah. Yeah, we can't can't go into too much detail. Early season, preloaded with a lot of home games. First half of the season we only have a single divisional game, and that's against the Seahawks in week four. Um, And after that, we've not got any divisional games until the second half of the season um, when we're really uh, loading them up. They basically come thick
0: and fast, don't they? The last eight games is six of them in the division.
1: Um, Two of them 49ers games, um, almost back-to-back, only 18 days between the two of those, which is both a blessing and a curse because... In that time, they won't have time to make many changes, but equally, we won't have time to make many changes either.
0: So much between them, we've got the trip to see the Judas in Tampa Bay.
1: The revenge trip, yeah, with Bruce Arians and his enormous coaching staff. Uh, so that should be an interesting one, to say the least.
0: We've got a nice good-looking schedule at the start of December, though would make for a nice trip over there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, three home games in a row at the start of December hosting the Rams, the Steelers and then the Browns. I mean, you probably hate it at the end of the three weeks
0: when you've actually seen us lose three times.
1: Yeah, that that would be pretty grim. Heading over for the Browns game at least I think would be would be a nice one, but um yeah, that's good timing for the three of those and then actually two away divisional games to close out the season. So that's that's um a tough way to finish off. I
0: just think it's a tough schedule all around, really. Especially with so many questions over us.
1: I would definitely say so. I mean, there's a lot of... There's not a lot of, like, the top, top elite teams here, but there's a lot of teams who are very good and very dangerous and very capable of beating the Cardinals if they continue to play the way that they played last year. Do you think we should go for some very, very early record predictions? Oh... That's tough. I I don't know if you remember. Um, I I reckon you'll remember Tom, but um, if any long term listeners will remember how badly off the mark I was with last year's predictions.
0: That was a bit closer to the season, though, so you don't really got an excuse for that.
1: True. Yeah. Early predictions are really really tough, especially not knowing anything to do with how the draft is going to go, injuries, any of these things. That's kind of how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I'm going to go six and ten. I think that's that's optimistic. Um, but I think it's definitely doable.
0: It's around the similar sort of mark I'm looking at, because 'cause I've gone for
1: five and eleven for us this year. Five and eleven.
0: But then I say five wins, but I like struggle to think of five wins. So you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Considering that our wins last year came against the Forty ers and you know, again we've got two games against the Forty ers but there's a lot of teams here who could be, you know, really, really difficult to beat. There's, I, I think, a few guaranteed losses um, away to the Saints. The Cardinals haven't won in New Orleans since, like, 1996. You know, the, the, the Seahawks games will be really difficult, as they usually are. Uh, hosting the Steelers will be difficult. You know, all, all these things sort of lead me to believe that we will, we will really struggle. But I think as well, the really nice thing is that our early season is going to be a huge bellwether for that. We're going to be able to tell a lot based on the first four games about how the rest of the season is going to play out, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could be, I could see it started off with a win against Detroit because I still don't rate Detroit, no matter how much they spend.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. As, and, you know, even last year in the, the terrible form that we were in, we lost to them by a series of play calls and, and kind of accidents and things like that. And don't get me wrong, we played ter- terribly, but I think they played badly as well. And I think if we can improve our game in any way, then we should theoretically beat them. Our bye week is really late on in the season. It's on week 12, so that could be playing a really interesting factor in terms of like pushing for the... Pushing for anything that we would be going for, any targets that we have at the end of the season, there. If we have got to say playoffs, then playoffs. That that's very, very wishful thinking, especially given my prediction of of six and ten.
0: Yeah, I don't think a six and ten team will ever make the playoffs. No, but it'd be funny if they did. Everyone'd be like, "Oh no, the division winners shouldn't get a playoff berth again."
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be the thing that would change the way the NFL worked. I think if if a team that was losing that badly managed to make the playoffs.
0: Well, seven and nine made it one time the reason six and ten couldn't really just be some sort of weird division where everyone wins against (laughs) everyone loses against everyone else somehow
1: some way i'm sure it's
0: mathematically possible but you know you have to figure it out
1: given the fact that the system's quite broken like that but um i can't imagine that it would be something that would be uh an, an easy thing to happen put it that way
0: we're all six games in the division but then lose everything outside of it
1: yeah i think that that could be that could be the way to do it actually
0: we probably do it the other way Lose all in a division.
1: Uh, Yeah, we probably will, potentially. uh, Potentially a horrible closeout to the season there as well versus the Rams and the Seahawks in that way. But we shall see, and we shall do another prediction, I think, after the draft and after training camps and as we get into the preseason.
0: Pretty much is wait until last minute. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, to prepare for that 2019 NFL season, we've had free agency. And so far, the Cardinals have been relatively busy.
1: Yeah, relatively busy and but like not as many um big name trades as that we have had in recent years. I'm thinking of the year that we picked up um Chris Johnston. Do you remember that? That it was like there was just big name movements all over the place. Um whereas this year it's like we've got got quite a few movements, um, and we've got a couple of big names. But I would say it's like kind of quietly doing really good stuff in the background.
0: Yeah, I mean we've not made any big splashes like Oakland Raiders or anyone like that. Yeah,
1: no, no sort of big headline grabbing moves, but altogether I would say some quite yeah, some, some quite solid stuff.
0: Yeah, for one, Jordan Hicks signed on a four year deal. That was our big splash for the off season it seems. Still young in NFL terms, but he's had injury issues. But he's a quality player when he's on the field.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um and he's a, a former Eagle. He's a Super Bowl champ then, isn't he? He was, yeah. It could be here for our Super Bowl win as well. It could be here for us. Four, four years is a long time, um, and a four year deal is an excellent thing to get a guy like this on because it really gives him time to kind of settle into the team, um, and and you know know that his future here is secure and and work towards it like that. I think yeah, this this could be a really good addition to the team. You know, I I would have liked to see more um offensive line moves and things like that but i think shoring up the defensive line as it is and really adding depth there is fantastic and that means that we've got a lot more that we can kind of move forward with um in that regard
0: and you say we haven't added to the ol but we did bring in marcus gilbert with a trade for a six round pick oh i missed that and also we signed
1: jr sweezy on a two-year deal he was probably with the Seahawks. Yeah, Jr. Sweezy was an interesting one for me because in, in my head, the Seahawks had a terrible offensive line last year and it's, they actually did. They ended up with um, slightly worse offensive line-related stats than us, which is really impressive. But it, it seems as though that was more down to players playing in positions they're not comfortable with and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully, you know, adding, bringing guys like that in is going to help us... Get them, get people into positions that they are comfortable with, and therefore get our offensive line back on track.
0: Yeah, because with the signing of Sweezy, he'll probably slot in at right guard with Gilbert at right tackle which would mean moving Justin Pugh over to his more natural left guard side.
1: All, all good movements. I mean, honestly, any change for me in the offensive line is good change right now, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see where this can go.
0: And if it's up to QB getting his ass kicked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The The QBE with the big question mark over it at the moment.
0: Yeah, but we'll get to that after a couple more free agency moves because, you know, I'm sure everyone's waiting for the draft takes and all that.
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: Another two-year deal was signed by Darius Philon, who is a defensive tackle from, C- from the LA Chargers. I was going to say San Diego then.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. It's uh, easy to mix that sort of stuff up uh, with everyone moving around just now. Yeah, I, I've got n- not much more to add from that. I've not really seen him play particularly. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that, in general, these moves are, are nice and foreign moves. And the thing is, though, it's not really given me any particular clues about the team that we're building.
0: I mean, we've not been spending too much, despite the fact we had
1: a fair bit of cap space. This is true. Yeah, that's true.
0: Some might say they're saving cap space to trade away Josh Rosen.
1: Some might say that, and and some might also say that it's part of a smokescreen and all that sort of stuff. But then again, you know, like we have made a lot of um, smaller deals.
0: Yeah, we've got a ton of one-year deals. We've got Terrell Suggs. Brett Hundley, Kevin White, Max Garcia, Josh Shaw, Demir Bird, Tremaine Brock, and Rodney Gunter came back as well.
1: A couple big names in there, particularly Terrell Suggs. I think I'm quite excited to see him in a Cardinals uniform.
0: I think most people are with his links to ASU as well.
1: Oh, I forgot he had that. I was just sort of thinking of the fact that he was such a powerhouse in in Baltimore for so long.
0: Yeah, he signed a one year 7 million deal, I think, or 6 or 7 million, something around those marks.
1: So, sort of like, I guess, middling deal for a good deal for his position, but sort of middling deal NFL wise. Um, he's a bit older as well, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's getting on a bit now. I think he's 36, 37, something like that. But obviously, he's still got something left in the tank.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, as well, is like bringing a guy like that on a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have really thought of the Cardinals as needing more age and like leadership and all that sort of stuff and more age and experience. And now you know it's getting to the point where we need to start bringing on guys that are a bit older to fill those kind of leadership roles i'm excited to see him and chandler jones running after russell wilson oh that would be so gratifying
0: maybe even chuck nick Booster in there as well maybe
1: Oh uh, well yeah well uh, do, uh, do you know what we've been dancing about it for long enough shall we get on and talk about the draft
0: yeah i mean no one wants to listen about anything else other than the draft these days
1: <laughs> yeah It is the dominant thing in the news cycle. The big headlines every single week are something to do with whether the Cardinals are going to be having their starting quarterback as Josh Rosen or Kyler Murray this year.
0: Yeah, that's basically the conundrum for the Cardinals to work out this offseason. Do they take Kyler Murray at number one and then trade away Josh Rosen? Or did he stick with Josh Rosen and build around him?
1: I, the thing is, right, is that the the Cardinals fan base, if you look at it, is very strongly in support of Josh Rosen. You know, they're they're quite happy to keep Josh Rosen there and um, either take Nick Bosa or trade away for some other picks. For me, it's like. I can see both sides. I think personally that sticking with Josh Rosen, who is a known quantity in the NFL, is probably the smart move. But I can also see why, if you're Cliff Kingsbury and you're coming into the NFL and you want to make a splash, that you take a guy who, to you, is a known quantity. You know you know how he plays. You know you could coach him, all that sort of stuff. I, yeah, I, I think either way, it's going to work out well for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, as you say, you can see it from both ends, really, because obviously Josh Rosen didn't have the best rookie season. But again, he had like many different things around him, like a poor offensive line, poor offense poor coaching yeah well i don't know if it was poor coaching it was just mike mccoy really and then he put in bright byron leftwich and he didn't do anything much better
1: yeah i think everyone recognizes that josh couldn't have been playing to his full potential um just based on on the you know complete lack of 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 help that he was getting from any quarter because of that i think people can see that that he still will make an excellent nfl quarterback but then you know that the hard thing is to get around this hype around Kyler Murray, especially when people are saying that he is like a once-in-a-generation talent and a game-changer and all this sort of stuff. But equally, how much of that is just the media looking for a story to sell?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I've never really heard much of that before, like maybe a few weeks ago. You never really heard about it much when he was in college, people saying it was a generational talent. It just doesn't really add up. I think people are just over-hyping him a little
1: bit. It's That's the, it's the issue is like, um, you need to run a story and the story can't really be, oh, the Cardinals are at number one and there's this guy who fits their needs and is an excellent player sitting there ready to be taken at number one in, in Nick Bose, obviously, and they'll probably do that rather than, you know, oh, they've only just drafted a quarterback, but are they going to, you know, take this new leap and do all this sort of stuff? And, um, you know, the the NFL is a is a very risk averse place. And I can't see anybody taking the big risk in order to just sort of you know have have a shot at it. When you know the the reason somebody would take that big risk is if they've got nothing to lose. And you have nothing to lose if you've not really got a quarterback that you can play with, or if you've got a qu- an excellent quarterback that Kyler Murray can come in and be a second to.
0: I don't think he'd be happy being second, and I don't think it'd make much sense to like bring in another quarterback with the first overall pick and have him as a second string guy. If you bring him in at number one, you got to start him, aren't you?
1: Oh yeah, I, I I don't I don't see the Cardinals bringing him in as a second pick. That is not not going to happen. Or or bringing him in at first to be second string. That that would not happen. I don't think. I, I give it like a ten percent chance of the Cardinals taking Kylo Murray and shocking us all, and more like a ninety percent chance of picking up Nick Bosa, Quinn, and Williams are trading down.
0: Yeah, I mean Kylo Murray does have some good things about him. You know, he had a really good season at Oklahoma. With the Heisman truth, you know that?
1: Oh yeah, I, I think he's an excellent player and I think, um, you know, he will be like a, a great NFL player and, and do you know what, like, part of me would be really excited if the Cardinals took him. I, I would feel very sorry for Josh Rosen but I would get on that Kyler Murray train and be excited to see him play. Especially being like a slightly differently built guy being being that bit shorter and inviting all those inevitable comparisons to Russell Wilson. And I think, you know, especially with a Cliff Kingsbury offense which is going to be a lot faster paced than we're used to Having somebody who is used to that kind of college-paced game is is an exciting thrower, but also has that kind of rush threat. All of these things would be really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be exciting to watch as well. Until he takes a big hit and you know quits the game and goes to plays baseball instead.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be the um, that would be the sad part or the worrying part, um, especially with smaller guys like that. You kind of worry that they would get injured more easily. But um, you know, then again, if to if we're going to keep bringing it back, I mean, bring it back to Russell Wilson, he gets hit a lot and gets up every time. Obviously, he's an exciting player to
0: watch. You just have to see his highlight videos on YouTube. But, you know, I think I'd rather stick with Josh Rosen, if I was totally honest, and then bring in my ideal thing would be to trade down, get a lot more picks, because we need a lot of picks. We need a lot of things on this roster.
1: I I agree. I think... um... If if we could trade down to to get like later round picks, a lot of later round picks, then really bringing in a lot of guys for the offensive line, bringing in a few young wide receivers, that would be. Exciting for me, and a couple of cornerbacks as well wouldn't go amiss in safeties. Uh, I think that would probably be the, the better thing to happen just to, to have more choice at that point.
0: But the thing is, you can't trade down if no to trade up.
1: So I've, I've been um missing out on a lot of this coverage because I, I personally got quite sick of some of the Josh Rosen rumours that were going around. What's the latest sort of news on who might want to trade with us?
0: Well, there's potentially Oakland, yeah, especially with the reports that they've sent all but like three members of staff home. Interesting. So no one can leak out information on that. So people on the internet have been putting together like putting two and two together thinking, Oh yeah, they've got to like trade up to number one, try and make a big deal sort of thing without anyone knowing who they're after. Most people seem to think they like Kyla Murray.
1: That that would kind of fit for me with Auckland. Um especially with them not really being too jazzed about Derek Carr at the moment. But then, you know, what what can what can Auckland um, offer to us is the question.
0: They do have three first round picks
1: this year. Oh, that's quite
0: tight. So people are thinking maybe something like obviously number four, number twenty four, and also pick thirty five, which is their second round
1: pick. I don't know. That starts to sound pretty good to me. Number four, you're probably still talking about you know Quinn and Williams or someone being available. Number twenty four, you can probably you can still get an excellent um wide receiver or tight end somewhere in there. And twenty four, you no, know, that's just an extra um high talent d Lineman kicking about.
0: Obviously you'd have to trust Steve Keim to be able to draft and, you know, less said about that the better.
1: Well, that's that's a whole different story. I feel like you could probably do a British Bird Gang expose on whether to trust Steve Keim or not. I mean, obviously as well, the one of the big parts would be uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to have a
0: big say in that. But he won't have the final say I wouldn't have thought. I'm sure that's down to Steve Keim.
1: He absolutely won't have the final say, but even if you're the biggest sort of Steve Keim hater there is going, you can't deny that Steve Kang is going to want to listen to his head coach and listen to what the head coach wants to be done.
0: But I mean, I'm sure the head coach will work with whatever he's got. So, like, if he had to work with Josh Rosen, I'm sure he'd be fine with that, especially if what he's been saying is true. Oh, yeah. Of course, Kyler Murray might not be the pick at number one. They could also go for someone like Nick Bosa or Quinnan Williams. We've touched on them a little bit, but maybe we could go into a bit more depth about them.
1: I mean, it, it seems to me that Nick Bosa is the kind of de facto other choice. And I think, and any in any given year when there wasn't a big stud quarterback out there, Nick Bo says you're guaranteed number one pick anyway.
0: Well, arguably there isn't a big stud sort of QB this year, but, you know, the media likes to make help there is. Well, a,
1: a, a little stud QB potentially, but, um, you know, when, when there isn't, a, quarterbacks are always going to be speculated to go number one because that's just historically what happens. But, you know, there are years when there are no really exciting quarterbacks that the media gets hyped about, and in those years... Guys like uh, Nick Bosa go number one easily, and, and everyone knows that that's going to happen. And the thing is, is like he does fit a Cardinal's need, especially if they want to get a really solid, solid D-line, which it looks like they're kind of building up to. But equally, you could sort of say with some of these guys that they've been bringing in in free agency, they're already kind of filling the niche that Nick Bosa would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, Terrell Suggs would obviously be playing the same position as Nick Bosa. He's not a long-term solution at the problem is no he's not
1: and and that's the good thing about bringing in somebody in the draft is that they're kind of stuck with you for a few years
0: yeah I mean it's not like Chandler Jones is finishing up anytime soon so obviously you'd have for next year Nick Bosa Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs rushing the passer and if Terrell Suggs hangs it up you've still got Nick Bosa and Chandler Jones there
1: which is I mean like potentially a year of absolute dream team and then I, I you know couple of years after that of still pretty solid pass rush
0: and then after Chandler Jones hangs it up you've got Nick Bosa ready and waiting to be their main guy unless he's crippled by that.
1: <laughs> it it would be good to see Cardinals pass rush being brought back to you know the the real excitement of where it was a few years ago with the no fly zone you know with like um guys like Calais Campbell um coming on and rushing the passer that was like you know a golden era for me and I, I think um Nick Bosa would be kind of or at least drafting Nick Bosa would be symbolic in saying that, yes, pass rushes is, is something that we want to get off the ground and we, we also kind of want to stop people being able to Consistently
0: run the ball all over us. But you say that, so wouldn't maybe Quinn and Williams be a better pick at number one? Quinn and
1: Williams isn't one that I've seen many people predicting to go one overall. I would see Quinn and Williams possibly as being more the sort of guy that might be around if you were to trade with the Raiders and, and be taking number four pick.
0: There are some people who say he's the best player in the draft. Quite a lot of internet scouts are saying that sort of thing. And also, there's been some good reports in his like interviews at the Combine and that saying he's That's... been one of the best they've ever had. That's pretty exciting,
1: really. I mean, like, yeah, having having the smarts there would be a particularly good thing.
0: And plus there's the comparisons to Aaron Donald, who we know is quite a good player. <laughs> quite a good player. Terrifying player.
1: Yeah, that would be good too. And, and especially getting somebody so kind of big and physical um, on the side would be would be really nice. Yeah, everything about Kim Dietschy never was. Uh, yeah, the, the, what Kim, D- Kim Dietschy was kind of promised to be. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I... I where, where would you kind of be ranking the two of them, between Nick Bosa and Quinn and Williams? What would you give as a kind of percentage either way?
0: Can I say 50-50? Just go straight down the middle? Uh,
1: you, sure, sure. A- absolutely,
0: yeah. I mean, you can win with either one, really.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd be much more on the 70-30 kind of split towards Nick Bosa. Not that I would be disappointed with Quinn and Williams, and not that I would prefer Quinn and Williams over Nick Bosa. I just think Nick Bosa seems like the more... The more kind of draftable candidate.
0: I did see last night as well that Quinn and Williams is fourteen to one to be the number one overall pick. So you know, I put a quid on that.
1: Well, yeah, I have a fiver on that. Not a bad return.
0: So, you know, now I've got actual reason to clamber for him to be the number one pick, as opposed to Kyler Murray at 1-6 to six, or Nick Bosa at 9-2. Well, to two. I'll tell
1: you one way we could potentially settle this. We could try a mock draft, if you
0: like. Well, I mean, we could try, but we're obviously going to be on different pages right from the start.
1: Why don't we both go through a mock draft um, and sort of see where that leads us?
0: Well, I've got the mock draft machine up from the draftnetwork.com at the moment. We could go off this one. Okay, so for the top four prospects we've got on the board at the moment, we've got Nick Bosa, Quinnan Williams, Kyler Murray, and Josh Allen. I think we can rule out Josh Allen. No one wants him.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we're not, we've not even mentioned him in the whole time we've been talking about this. So, I mean, part of me, for argument's sake, wants to say that we can't trade picks, can we, in this in the mock draft? We can't, no. Well, given that we can't trade picks, I think we have to take, to take Kyler Murray there. I think that's the... the most value for the pick
0: i don't agree with that though but you know i'm just here to be awkward
1: um well in that case i i I would i'm taking nick bosa let's just go with the best player see where kyler murray falls to you fell to number six to new york giants interesting i tell you what though
0: we could do two mock drafts while we do this
1: oh yeah absolutely let's do one where we take 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 kyler murray
0: i'll do three then one with nick bosa one with Quinn and Williams, one with Kyler Murray. Sorted. Cool. So second round pit, we'll rule out quarterbacks. No one wants Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. So our options are Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a safety from Florida. AJ Brown, wide receiver from Mississippi. Nassa Adderley, a safety from Delaware. Or Eric McCoy an offensive lineman from Texas A&M.
1: I think um, second round is probably still a bit high to be taking an offensive lineman. So I'm kind of tempted by A.J. Brown. Um, I, I would have thought that generally he would kind of go somewhere in the um, in the first round. He's a kind of top wide receiver talent. And I think we need to get young guys in at that position. Well, I've seen a couple of places down. You've got Jeffrey Simmons on the board,
0: a defensive lineman. He was like a top, maybe top 10 pick before he tore his ACL. I think he could be worth it too.
1: We've also just taken Nick Bosa though. Yeah, we took Nick Bosa. So I'm I'm saying AJ Brown for this pick. I'll see if there's any better
0: wide receivers because obviously at 33 we want Nikhil Harry or else. <laughs> but he's, he's already gone, sadly.
1: Who the hell stole him? That's quite high to take him, right?
0: Well, the Green Bay Packers took him at number 30. Bastards. Yeah, let's go with AJ Brown then. And now we wait for this round to simulate.
1: The mock draft machine, by the way, if if you want to play about with it, it's on the the draftnetwork.com. It's actually really good fun. You can also just tell it to simulate the draft. Um and if you tell it to simulate the draft, it will make the cardinals pick um Kyler Murray every single time. Does it? I've actually tried that. It does, yeah. It does. I I kept trying it and I was like trying to fiddle about with settings and stuff like that and, and maybe even, you know, take myself as like to say oh draft for the Oakland Raiders or something and it's still just every time Kyler Murray to the Cardinals they've bought into the hype they've bought into the hype absolutely I reckon it's just like each player gets a certain kind of waiting towards them and I reckon the waiting on Kyler Murray's so high that it's basically impossible for it to not happen
0: yep yeah, so round three now we're only doing three rounds because you know we'd be here forever for life <laughs>
1: We, we would be well, we'd be here to the point when we don't know any of the names that are being t- spoken about. Or it might actually be the draft by the time we finished. <laughs> That's true. So,
0: Drew Locke's still on the board, and no one wants him. Uh, we could have Greg Little, offensive tackle. Ooh. that Sean Bunting, the cornerback, or Joanne Thornhill, the safety.
1: I'm not sure. I...
0: I think Greg Little makes sense. To you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Is Eric McCoy still around, or is he gone? He went. He's gone. Yeah, I'd say
0: Greg. Drew Locke's finally gone as well.
1: Emmanuel Hall. Well, we've already got a wide receiver now, haven't we?
0: Yeah, we've done our picks now.
1: Yeah, let's take Greg Little.
0: That's what i picked anyway. Perfect. Let's go through the rest of the third round. Perfect. So with that one, we've got Nick Bosa, AJ Brown, and Greg Little.
1: I'd be pretty happy with that.
0: Two players from Mississippi with <sighs> that.
1: Maybe maybe Arizona wouldn't be so happy with the excess Mississippi, but um, I would be very happy with that as a Cardinals fan.
0: So let's go on to round two now. Well, mock two, rather.
1: Yeah, that was Nick Bosa. And this one, our number one pick is going to be Kyler Murray, just for argument's sake. Um, No, it's Quinn and Williams. (laughs) It's
0: it's just awkward. Just easier. It's like a one, two, three in that order. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, no need for discussion there with Quinn and Williams. Second round. And Drew Locke and Daniel Jones are still on the board again. They just don't like them being picked.
1: (laughs) Again, it must be that, that sort of waiting for certain players and not really liking them.
0: AJ Brown's on the board again, but I don't think we want to take him again.
1: I wanna wanna be different, we want to be exciting. Is um Eric McCoy around? He is, yes. I'd be I'd be interested in
0: Eric McCoy. Back to back picks on the lines. We do need to help the lions out. A big time. So that makes
1: sense. Big time.
0: I've done it fast and it still takes forever.
1: I I know well. It's it's quite a lot to simulate actually in in a way, especially given that it's being done. I think like you know within the browser and all that.
0: Yep. So our third and final pick in this mock, we've got Joanne Farnhill, the safety again. Andy Isabella, wide receiver. Deontay Thompson, the safety. And Traven Mullen, cornerback. If I'm dip, I'm doing a pick here, I'd say Andy Isabella.
1: That's exactly who I was going to go for, especially given we've just done back-to-back picks on the lines, as you said. I think, um, you know, wide receivers are need that we have that we can't uh, can't forget about, it's because we did last year, and we were really struggling for depth and talent there.
0: Yeah, plus he's a nice athletic guy, so I'm sure it would fit right in with Cliff Kingsby's offence. Yeah, that would be good. So for that one, we've gone for Quinn Williams, Eric McCoy, and Andy Isabella. Let's go for our third and final one, where we do the wisp. Possible pick, ever, maybe. <laughs> I wonder how long a slow one would take. I know, right? I'm not too going to find out. Not during recording.
1: I'll tell you what, so, though. If you're if you're listening and you want to give it a go, give us a, a tweet with what your um, first three rounds for the Cardinals look like. Go on to the Mock Draft Machine or a similar thing and let us know what you come out with.
0: Or maybe we should do a poll, like, at the end of this.
1: Which of the three drafts you like the best?
0: Yeah, so... Second round pick, Daniel Jones is on the board. Surprise, surprise.
1: (laughs) And what about Locke?
0: He's already gone. Yeah, Kyler Murray seems to make Drew Locke go. Huh. How weird. That is strange. So our options here at the pick 33 are Nikhil Harry, wide receiver, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety, DeAndre Baker's cornerback, and AJ Brown again. Also Dalton Risner O.T.,
1: I do quite like Inkeul Harry as as a second round pick right there. Um, do we have any any offensive linemen around? Greg Little was still there, did you say? Uh, Greg Little's there. Uh, so
0: is Chris Lindstrom and Dalton Risner. All three of them are pretty decent.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd be tempted to to take somebody and take somebody that's not Greg Little just to be different from the other round. But um, I think an offensive line guy here. You know, if, if we were going to invest in a new quarterback this early, then getting uh, the offensive line up to speed to, you know, help him out would be, I think, probably a higher priority. Yeah, but Nikhil Harry. Yeah, true. That's
0: his take a decision.
1: No, nope, that's a good executive decision. I like it. The fans will be happy anyway, at least. <laughs> that was yeah it's, it's an exciting draft so far if we're going to draft a QB and a wide receiver
0: so our third and final pick in this round Daniel Jones still on the board That's ridiculous let's just take him then You don't want another quarterback imagine the outcry we take Kyler at one at 65 we take another one
1: I think I'm just so value driven I see something falling like that, and I'm just like, ah, fuck.
0: Just take a quarterback every single round.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just see who falls the most, take them.
0: Um, So the options at number 65 are Darnell Savage, a safety. Joanne Fornhill, another safety. Andy Isabella again. Yodney Kodush, the offensive tackle. Jace Sternberger, tight end. Or David Edwards, offensive tackle. Wisconsin
1: I'm going to push my agenda for an offensive lineman now I mean Don El Savage has got a
0: great name why don't you take him
1: <laughs> I mean safety is also a possession of need for us but I would argue like way behind offensive line
0: yeah technically also a tight end would be alright and Sternberg is a decent name.
1: A tight end would be quite good, actually, because that does add depth to both a receiving core and a line core. Depends if you can block, though. Yeah, that's that's tricky with the guys coming out of college now as well, because it's not necessarily. But I'm, I'm not sure if this guy can block, so I'd be, I'd be tempted to go offensive line.
0: I'm just reading the scouting report they've got on him, and it does say that he's a decent catcher, obviously. He's not particularly the best power blocker sort of thing. But he does have competitive toughness. All these scouting terms make me sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, He's a sneaky, athletic gym rat.
1: Oh, gym rat. That's a, that's a term that we hear all too often.
0: He doesn't say that about him, though. He's too tall. He's six foot four. Tower over Kyle Murray at that size.
1: I don't know. Who, who are you thinking? What, what were the options again?
0: We've got a safety, wide receiver, offensive tackle, tight end.
1: OT. OT, please. But
0: which one? Not Caduceus, because no one likes him. David Edwards, I think, yeah. That's the one. We'll take him. Go for it. So for this third and final mock draft, we've got Kylo Murray, Nikhil Harry, and David Edwards. So which of the three is the best one?
1: I think we have to put that up to a vote on Twitter obviously after I've
0: done editing and all that because I forgot who we're talking the other two.
1: Oh yeah yeah just uh, stick it stick it up on Twitter we'll see see what people are saying to it um, I I think that Kyler Murray number one it, it really does feel like a mistake but we'll see it does
0: get us Nikhil Harry though so I'm sure some people would be happy with that
1: yeah very true very true but
0: you know we've only got a few more days left
1: yeah very exciting um, I'll be staying up uh, at least for the cardinals pick or the cardinals trade as it may be and uh, yeah i guess so uh, we'll be we'll be back to break down the actual draft results and and after all the hype
0: the question is though if they trade down and get another late first round pick do you also stay up for that
1: that depends i mean if it's if it's looking like it might be a 5am pick i don't think so if it's looking like more like two or three probably
0: we'll see we we'll would find out anyway but that'll do it for episode seventy one of the British Bird Gang breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang and join the club at Bird Gang Club UK. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. And of course buy British Bird Gang merch at Britishbirdgang.tml.com. If you like what you hear on the podcast, leave us a review wherever you listen to it. If you listen to us on anchor, well done. It's our new home. (laughs) If you're the Azerbaijani who listens to it, let us know who you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, randomly, someone listens to us in Azerbaijan.
1: Was it Azerbaijan, Iceland, Brazil? Isle of Man as well,
0: which I suppose isn't that weird. It's kind of Britain.
1: Kind of, but don't let them hear you say that.
0: I'm sure the one person will be happy, or mentioned, or hinted at. (laughs) We'll be back again for a post-draft breakdown once the draft actually happened. So, until then, goodbye. And thanks for listening. Goodbye.